1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Welcome, Chris Curran of Care Patrol. And we're going to now switch the conversation around to the other side of the generation. We're going from younger to older. Chris Curran, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Good. So good to see you. So good to see you.
2: Good morning, Lisa. It's good, good to be here. Good morning.
0: So listen, Chris, very timely that you're here today because it was a big article in the Connecticut Mirror that really caught me up short uh, and that it had a lot of data. And so here are some of the relevant statistics. By 2040, which isn't too long from now... State leaders expect a nearly 30% increase in the number of long-term care residents on Medicaid who remain in their homes. So Connecticut is committing about a billion dollars a year to that. Connecticut's older adults are growing at a very rapid uh, rate in terms of the ratio of, of where the aging population stands in relationship to the rest of the population. Not too long from now... We're going to have more people over the age of 60 than we have under the age of 18. The nation's 85 and older population is expected to more than double in the next 15 years. And Connecticut currently ranks fourth nationally for its share right now of people in the age group of 85 and older. And in 2018, for the first time ever, Connecticut spent more Medicaid funds on home and community-based services than on institutional care, which is not something people would imagine. They would think that most funds in Connecticut are spent to keep people in nursing homes. But actually, the rate of vacancies in nursing homes have gone up, and Connecticut is spending more and more money trying to help people stay in their own homes. While at the same time, they are now trying to clamp down on what they call excess beds in nursing homes. I'm not even sure how they do that. Now, you, Chris Curran, you're you're at the nexus of this, I would say, on the front lines. You're where the rubber meets the road. You provide services that help people when they realize that whatever they've been doing to keep their older person happy, intact, well-cared for at home— isn't necessarily working anymore, and they turn to you for solutions, right?
2: That's correct. Um, And a lot of times I'm focusing on basically three things. It's either um, overall, the overarching goal is safe senior living solutions. So the three places that people tend to be are in a nursing home environment, uh, at home, or in a senior living type of community, like an assisted living or subsidized senior housing or something like that. So it depends on the individual's care needs. It depends upon where they're located. And with regard to finances, Medicaid eligibility, or you know if they have private pay assets, that determines where they can stay. If they are able to age in place in their home, um, or if they need to be in a higher-level care facility, uh, if they can financially afford that, or if they're on state funds and they have to navigate that continuum, it's uh, it's quite challenging. But those are the three kind of settings at home, in a nursing care facility long term, or in some sort of senior housing or senior community.
0: 203-333-9422 if you have a question of Chris Curran. So Chris, how do you begin the analysis? In other words, does the analysis begin with um, where the person thinks they want to live, combined with what their needs are where it is they want to go? Like, how do you begin?
2: Yeah, it's it's really asking questions of the of the family of that senior or the adult child, and it's really drilling down on what are the specific care needs and what are the finances. Those are finances. Those are the two things yeah. that really dictate um, where the individual can stay or live. Um, they might have extremely extremely high care needs, and they can't live at home anymore, so they need to be in a long term care facility. Um,
0: Long-term care is another word for nursing, nursing home. homes. Yeah. So, so nurse, in yeah. nursing homes, you need to have, what, a minimum of at least three activities of daily living that you can't do for yourself?
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you, there's a couple different, many criteria to kind of qualify. Um, but someone needs to be at an advanced care stage or they need to be at a level where they need uh, complex medication management. Um, they may I not see. be safe in their home anymore. There might be some... Um, underlying dementia, behaviors, things going on with regard to that. Uh, People could have... They um, could wander. They could wander. Or if they're alert and oriented and physically, they might need two people to help them with all their activities of daily living. Yeah, that happened to my father-in-law. So that sometimes... He
0: needed that Hoyer lift, they call Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. because he needed two people to help him to to go to the bathroom.
2: Yeah, so what happens is if people aren't able to pay privately for that at home or if they're on Medicaid but they don't get enough services coming through the state in their home. If they need two people to help them, it's very difficult at home to get those people to come in through the state. You're not right. going to have two aides no, coming from the state That's when you need a nursing you. home. That's, That's what when I'm told. when you need to go someplace. You can you know. sort
0: of stay at home if you need one aide. Yeah. But if you need two, you end up in a nursing home.
2: There's different ways. There's obviously different programs with Met uh, Through Medicaid, the Connecticut Home Care Program for Elders. You can get a database of caregivers that work under the state Medicaid guidelines and could come in, but it's... It's very difficult and challenging because that, um, that list or that database of caregivers who work under Medicaid is um, not very reliable. It's not like an electronic database that is up to date oh. and things like that. So it's very difficult to find agencies or caregivers that are going to work for that Medicaid reimbursement How do you rate.
0: find that then?
2: Well, you need to find... Would we
0: we call you at Care Patrol? uh, Do you help with that?
2: uh, So I help with home care options. And what I do know are some of the agencies, out of the hundreds of agencies that provide private care under private pay for uh, non-medical home care uh, services, there are some that also participate in the Medicare. and you know who care. they are yeah there's a few there's only a couple in each region there's wow. not many that some so cover that's the whole state. and
0: yeah. you don't charge people for that service
2: my services are always free whether or not someone needs to go to assisted living they need to be placed in a long-term nursing home whether they're just looking for home care solutions um my services are always free so that first phone call and when i get the phone my phone rings a lot of times i don't know who's on the other end of it right? So I have to, or I get a call from a social worker saying, this family is going to be reaching out to you because I gave them your card. I don't necessarily know what's going on. I don't know the picture. So I need to un, uh, unravel that and unfold that and see and unpack what their needs are. So that kind of senior care 101 and that little first initial consultation I have with the family is really, really, really important because that really unpacks what the care needs are, I can ask the questions about the finances that maybe social workers or other people in the healthcare industry don't ask or don't feel comfortable asking or they say hey that's that's out of my purview. Me, I'm a local advisor who wants to consult and help the family. So I need to have the answers to these questions in order to best advise you as to what the safest senior solutions are.
0: I want to go back to that. So we're chatting with Chris Curran of carepatrol.com 203-333-9422. Chris, I have a question for you. Are there some assisted living homes in our region, let's talk about Fairfield County or New Haven County, this area, that specialize in people that might be younger or more cognitively younger than others that might specialize more for memory care issues? And the reason I say that is because to talk about somebody being a, quote, senior is a huge range of age and ability. And when I go in occasionally as a probate judge, when I go into these different homes, there's a different vibe in, in some of them. Some of them have a vibe where it seems like the majority of the people are still playing bridge. They're engaged in activities with each other. They're actively thinking about whether they're going to take a bus into downtown or go to the theater. And others have a different vibe. They have a vibe a little bit more of people that are in a more advanced stage of needing more care. How would you find out? How would you know? So, and am I right or wrong about this? No,
2: you're, you're exactly right. I mean, there is there is such a plethora of uh, senior living options out there. For people who can afford um, the private pay senior living and are looking to downsize or need some care and, and don't want to be in a home and in their own home any longer, no cooking and cleaning – um, there is a wide array a range of uh, array of communities out there. Again it's more of a social model Then we kinda of, the way we kind of bucket these two or some communities are more of a social model, meaning not social in the sense that some places are social or antisocial, meaning some communities are a higher functioning population that are really they're focusing their marketing and their efforts to fill the building with uh, a higher functioning, more vibrant senior. Got it. Whereas there are other communities that are kind of in in our industry, kind of call it more of a medical model. Mm. Not that the people aren't alert and oriented and social or able to do things themselves, but they actually have higher care capabilities as to what their aides can do and as to what their nurses can do. So what happens is that may attract a, a higher acuity of resident. So it may skew the community in one direction with regard to the percentage of the population that is mobile, That's really walking good to know. around, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's really a... That's a, interesting, it's a, a medical feel.
0: model versus a social model. So there are I communities, like Yeah, so
2: there are communities that have nursing 10 hours a day. There are some communities that have a nurse in the building 24 hours a day. So that can kind of... Tells you. Tells you a little bit, not 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 immediately. I mean, most almost all communities have a nurse on call 24-7. So if sure. there's ever an emergency, these places have nurses on call. It's not like a nursing home environment where you have 24-hour nursing, multiple nurses on staff. It's a different, different. model. But there is definite differences between some of the more social model communities mm. and medical. Uh, very good model. question it's to Im- know it's important
0: we're chatting with chris curran of carepatrol.com you can give us a call at 203-333-9422 we're talking about senior housing in our own community and options
2: hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th if you want to tell people the big news
3: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: So we've just been talking about a social versus medical model to be thinking about when you're aging, if you want to downsize and not be in your home or apartment anymore by yourself and you want to be with a community of other people, and also if you're a little bit afraid that if you fall and, and, and you want to make sure that you have healthy meals and you want to be with people, we all know that we are, as humans, we are social beings. We live longer and we live better if we're around some other people, for sure. So one of the things, Chris, you and I were talking about is the social versus medical model model Some of it, to some extent, I'm gathering, depends on how old the building is. Because, like, if it's a brand-new building, it will tend to attract, I would think, younger people that are starting. You know, like your new community when you were growing up with kids, if everybody was building a house at the same time, it tended to attract younger families. So if it's a new senior center, maybe it's attracting younger seniors to begin with. Is that sort of your experience? De- yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, a brand-new community definitely injects some vibrancy into the town that it's in, and people are attracted to that and will immediately look to that as a potential option. It's new. It's flashy. Uh, i nice brand-new fixtures, um, all that. So the updated feel attracts... The senior who's maybe thinking about it, but also that adult child who looks at the place and says, "Ooh, this is new. This is nice. This yeah. looks. This looks like what I like." I see. So, so maybe I can put cons- my
0: mom or dad correct. there. Correct. Yeah. Oh Actually,
2: this looks real. You know, this looks realistic. Oh, now there's one in my town. If there mm. wasn't a community in your town before, so it does attract definitely a new, a uh, uh, different clientele. But if um, if it's a newer community you will get some people who move in who just need that care of course so
0: let's talk about senior living that isn't a nursing home is any of that subsidized by medicare
2: not by medicare so you So, can,
0: so if you're over 65 you can't and you need assisted living medicare is not going to help you with that
2: Medicare will not help you with that no not yet not Wait yet. till the baby
0: boomers start to get there. We'll see. I mean, we'll it'll, see. it'll be
2: interesting. But what okay. happens is with these assisted living communities is this. They're all private pay. There are some communities that participate in what's called like the Connecticut waiver program or the pilot program okay. where a certain number of their beds, okay, because of where oh. they're located, the town they're located in and the municipality and the rules, they have to have a certain number of beds reserved for people who are low income. Really? So the caveat to that, though, is you still have to pay for your rent, basically, and your care, some of that care is going to be subsidized. So let's say you're paying $4,000 or $5,000 for an apartment, and you have $2,500 or $3,000 worth of care – Instead of paying that 8000 know, the state will subsidize some of that care. But you still have to pay the majority of the And how do you rent. get it's into like, that
0: pilot program? How do you get one of those coveted waiver beds?
2: I, that's a very good question. And I haven't had a really solid answer for families who are struggling. To, because that pilot program has been around for a long time. It's not really a pilot program anymore. <laughs> um, but it's But still it's really hard that. to find it's those very, beds. There's a limited sort number. Sort of like
0: affordable housing.
2: Uh, yes, exactly. Mm. But if well, affordable housing is... Is is very also very, very impossible, hard impossible. To find. So yeah, so it's very difficult when people don't have the resources. They do have those beds, but they're few and far between. And the vast majority of people who need access, who are really you know down on their luck or don't have the finances and are on Medicaid, they can't even afford that. That, or the families can't afford to subsidize that and help. It's not. It's not. It's a help, right? To help somebody who maybe is running out of assets to stay in the community longer. But it doesn't really help the person who's on the street who has $1,800 in income, who has care needs, who needs some place to go. So
0: where do they go, Chris Curran? Where do they go? You've got, you're have got you living on Social Security, more or less 2000 or less a month. Mm-hmm. So now what?
2: So if you do qualify, if you make less, uh, you know, a couple thousand or less a month and you qualify for Medicaid, I always encourage people to get on Medicaid. And if you have to go to a long-term care facility, you have to look at either community Medicaid versus institutional Medicaid. Um, and I speak there's to, a difference? There's a difference between what you... What you're looking at, if what you need, if you're tr- looking for community services or community-based services in your home, through Medicaid. Oh, that's community you can, Medicaid. You can get some community-based Medicaid oh, services where
0: somebody will come as a visiting nurse to you, and Medicaid will cover that.
2: Right. So those are those agencies that work for work with the state, to and provide. that's the
0: 53 percent that the state budget is now paying for. They're
2: trying to keep people at Got home, it. whether they're whether they're from a, a home care agency who does just a Medicaid pre-poor on a Monday through for the week of that resident to to have their medication management done for them. That might be something as small as that, just a nurse coming out uh, once a week or a nurse coming out multiple times a week under the behavioral health program for that person who needs it. They need Mm. that medication management. Or it might be someone who's at home who has a lot of care needs, but they have the aides coming in 12 this hours is a, lot. a day.
0: This is really a lot to absorb. We're chatting with Chris Curran. And your services are free. And do you help people navigate it? So if somebody calls you up and they say that they have income of 5000 a month or 6000 a month, I mean, what are the questions that you're asking them to bucket them into the right solution?
2: Yep. So it's basically... Uh, an hour conversation, 45-minute conversation, what we discuss are, okay, what are the care needs, and then what's the budget? What's Lo- the budget? Okay, the budget, meaning what do you bring in passively? Typically, I'm dealing with a senior who has some sort of pension or Social Security. Hopefully, or a combination. A combination would be great. And then after that, what kind of assets do you have? And
0: why does that matter?
2: So what the assets tell me or what can tell when I have, what the conversation is how much time – you potentially have. So the money, your assets, equates to time. Time you can live, in other words. Well, time... Yes, time, yes, yes, well,
0: yes, Chris. Time that you're allowed to live. Do you know how many elderly people are worried about their money outliving them or them outliving their money?
2: Right. So it's time living in a specific place, potentially. So whether it's time spent in a nursing home before you spend down to Medicaid or time in an assisted living before you have to transition to Medicaid or you might have to go on to Medicaid immediately. So it depends on that situation, and that's really the driver of the conversation or the driver of that care discussion, is if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in a home, you can stretch that in an assisted living or senior living community, or you can utilize those assets to stay in your home longer. Uh, There's different ways to play it if you have an abundance of assets. Obviously, you have more choices and options, but... If you Is don't, it
0: once again the situation of rich or poor, you're okay, but in between, not so good?
2: You're a little stuck. You're and stuck. You're stuck a little bit. You
0: can't quite qualify for Medicaid, which would pay for everything. And, you do, and you're and you not rich, so you don't have to worry about anything. So what you have to worry about are diminishing resources.
2: Right, and trying to bridge the gap in a lot of different ways. when It, it falls upon adult children. So there's people who are trying to stay in home with medicaid services sometimes they're getting services and sometimes they're not
0: let's go to joe from madison hi joe what's your question real quick
2: my question is is does your guests work with the va to help veterans find homes what? when they're they're disabled great,
0: great question great go question
2: ahead. joe yeah 100 so, percent. and
0: thank you joe for your service go ahead yep.
2: thank you so much we we do work with veterans uh and their spouses so we work with the va and we work with certified VA claims agents who help people qualify for what's called the aid and attendance benefit. So the aid and attendance benefit is a benefit that veterans can receive and their spouses uh, when they qualify clinically, financially, um, they can receive a veteran, if you're a veteran, Joe, and you needed uh, help with activities of daily living and you've you've met the financial threshold, you could receive up to a couple thousand dollars a month to go towards your care directly. That's wonderful. If you have a spouse and the spouse needs care, there's a certain amount that the VA allots for her uh, or him if your spouse uh, needs care. If you both need care, there's, there's money that's allotted. If you pass away and your spouse is still alive and she or he needs care, they can receive funds as well. So there's always options to get more resources.
0: Joe, thank you for the call. That was very helpful. Chris Curran, Care Patrol, always free, always available to help people.
2: Always here to help. CarePatrolCT.com.
0: CarePatrolCT.com. Thank you so much.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
3: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.